Hey good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, play, pursuit, and passion. Play, pursuit, and passion. Those are the three things that are on the brain. I could add the word pattern, but that is going to be a separate reflection. But just because it's a P word, I'd love to throw it in there. But we're going to stick with play, pursuit, and passion. Yesterday I did a a reflection on play at the intersection. I really should have said play at the intersections. I struggled if I should have put the S at the end of that word. But anyway. I don't want you to think I'm talking about play in the middle, play in the middle of the street. <laughs> That's not what I was talking about. Like the different components that influence play. And I can't for the life of me th- think about, um, tell you what I really said. I'm curious. I should go back and listen to it, uh, before doing this particular reflection. But, um, I have to kick out three reflections today if I, if my calculations are correct. I hope they're correct. Otherwise, we will have to do one tomorrow, and then I will have broken my agreement to go completely dark in February. Uh, excuse me, not February. Excuse me, July. But anyway, we're, we'll 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 cross that bridge when we get there. So we are um, in the final stretch. Today is um, uh, today is um, what is today? Today is Thursday, and I'm going to be dedicated to getting these three episodes out. Um, I am meeting tomorrow with a philanthropist, if I'm saying that correctly. And um, so I'm prepping myself for that, trying to get in the mindset of what, uh, of what, that, what, what does that require? And um, my friend publisher has started giving me feedback on um, a book that I submitted uh, in January. We signed the contract in March, and so now we're about to go through the editing process for a book release for October, so I'm excited about that, and um, so yeah, so anyway, let's just get into this. Um, Let me do my disclaimers. If you are new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory, the two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, pushing those two systems together. I identify as an INTJ8. Also, I identify as uh, being an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist. Of about 30 years, half of that time has been in leadership. I've been thinking about letting that leadership part go. I've, I had to arrive and discover it and to accept it in order to consider letting it go. That's a reflection asher too. But anyway, half of that time, my work has been in leadership. Um, politically, I lean into tenets of critical race feminism which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to power and and social constructs such as race, class, gender. 
and sexuality. Somebody went and, um, somebody's poking around in my primary podcast and it makes me curious if it's somebody from this community. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, I mean, and if you're not curious about me, you definitely can. But do keep in mind that there's a reason why I'm trying to keep those two worlds separate. So that I can stay as free and as open and as reflective in this process. The moment this project merges with my primary um, identity, that T.E., me, part of me, is going to, and the, the eight is going to kick, kick up a little more. And I won't be as vulnerable <laughs> as I show up in this project. So don't ruin that. <laughs> so anyway, um, this project is unedited and is unscripted. If you want to know more about it or me, you can go to my website, my Twitter account, my YouTube account, and my Facebook page. And you're probably wondering why won't I say that. Um, I have somebody that is growing more and more likely that I don't have privacy where I live. And um, I'm, when I said I wanted to talk about patterns, that's what I wanted to talk about, the pattern of my neighbors and what I think it means, and I'm going to link it back to an episode I did in August, and then I'm going to link it to an episode I did in the spring of last year. So I do want to come back and do a patterns uh, reflection, and it's difficult when you are a patterns person. Um, I was talking to my heart coach yesterday about that. When you are a patterns person in a world that, um, and you see things that other people don't want you to see and they don't even understand that they're doing. And so it's really uncovering and I think it's unsettling for people. That's an interesting reflection. I kind of want to do that right now, but let me stay the course. Play, <laughs> play, pursuit, and passion. All right. So um, I want to come back to play. Even if I said this yesterday, I want to just circle back to it. Um, I, don't, I do not remember what I was talking about yesterday. But um, one thing that's been on my mind is my ability, um, my ability to do play and... Me trying to navigate that, and because I'm an INTJ, it's not something that I'm going to invest a lot of time, and maybe that's problematic. Maybe I have a lazy approach to play, kind of like I take play as it's as it's available. I take play as the least, the path of least resistance, and that really is something for me to challenge myself on because. As I, I do think I said yesterday is that play is an important quality of life for me, at least. Um, I was talking about the three forms of existing for me is work, love, and play. 
and just really, um, I settled in on play, but really all three of those areas I talked about in that episode, it's starting to come back to me. And, um, so I just have been thinking about how I don't have the play that I want in my life. And that's going to be partially due because I'm not making an investment to have the play that I want. And I don't think I make the investment because I'm making the investment in, in work. So I first focus on mostly like if I had to have a, an egg without what I would call an existential stack. Yesterday I talked about like the state of existing. What does it mean to exist? If I was going to have an existential stack, it would be for me work, relationship, and then play. And I spent a lot of time definitely thinking about work, whether it's work employment or work business, what, you know, my purpose in the world, which is centered around work. A lot of people identify their existential identity is focused on like, Parenting, being a mom or a dad. Status. And, and I was, I was playing around with this idea within the last few episodes. I don't know which episode it was where I was looking at my Enneagram t- tri type 854 or 853. In a lot of ways, I'm leaning towards an 854 orientation. Uh, I'm really fascinated as I've been reading about 854. Um, people with the 854 or, uh, combination have a deep sense of, um, understanding other people's motives, other people's intent. And I, I shouldn't say, I swear to goodness, <laughs> that's exactly what's happening to me as it relates to this patterns reflection I want to do. Um, and it really is a burden. So I really feel like I have that, but do I have that as a wiring or do that? I have that because of my, my schooling and my profession. I don't know. It could be something I have borrowed, um, or because of my proximity to eight, five, four and my training, because there, while I have that, when I look at 853, the 853 profile is more me than the 854. Anyway, that's rabbit hole. But I started talking about that because of the three part of me. There is a status part of me, but it's a very low, it's a very low presence. And so, um, I was just talking about what people have. What do they center their existentialism in? And it could be status. And for me, I don't center my self in status. Here's the, this is where I wonder if status comes in for me. Here, this is exactly it. It's not even about status now that I think about it. At least I want to say consciously, but if you hear a contradiction, definitely push back on that. Send me a message and be like, you're contradicting yourself. <laughs> but um, I think that as an innovator and a, a trailblazer, I do, I do pride myself on being a trailblazer 
or I have in the past. And I think some of the things that I pursued came with status. The question is, did I pursue them because they were status oriented or did I pursue them because they were, it was novelty and no one else had done it? I'd like to believe because it was novelty and no one else has done it, but I have to admit that it did come with some status. And as I've been exposed to that status, as kind of like a, in the periphery, like, oh, that just came along with the ride. I, I grew to have a level of status. And then when I didn't have it anymore, what fascinated me about it is that I didn't, if status was so important to me, I would have fought for it. I didn't fight for it because other things are important to me. One thing I didn't like in the absence of status is how people interact with you because a lot of people are status oriented. And so there's a certain type of experience, uh, interaction I want to have with people that I didn't have anymore when I lost the status. So that's a good interest. That's something I need to process because, and for me, and I talked about this a year ago with you guys when I talked about the neighborhood I lived in before the neighborhood I live in now. And this neighborhood is, I don't even know why it's considered an upgrade, but that's, that's racially driven. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in another time. Um, but the neighborhood I was in before was people made associations, made um, pair, they tried to um, make some kind of correlation in terms of like intellect. And I've never had people think that they needed to explain things to me or to educate me to the degree that they did when I was living in that house, in that neighborhood. Now, that's a pattern that I've noticed. Now, was I, am I putting the right meaning to it? I don't know. But I'm telling you one thing. That is a no-no. <laughs> like, it's just a no-no. And it's not a no-no because I'm going to spend effort trying to explain to you how smart I am. I'm not going to do that because I don't even identify as smart like that. I'm just going to be very uninterested in interacting with you. Or I might play and enjoy making you look like a complete idiot. That might be fun. But that would only be fun for a short amount of time. I have other things to do with my energy. But anyway, I have digressed. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm still laying down. <laughs> I thought if I would hit the record button in this room instead of getting up, going into another room, um, the pattern that I'm establishing in my house would have been interrupted. But anyway, I just got some new data that, anyway, we'll talk about that. I'm going to record that patterns episode. I'm going to do it outside of the house though. But anyway, um, so anyway, let's get back to play. So I just been thinking that, um, in my, in my existential stack, work, relationship, and then play. And relationships get complicated too because I'm not really making the investment in relationships the way, um, other people make investments in relationship. I spend a lot of time investing in me and assuming that the more I work on me, the better I'll be available. 
the better um, for healthy relationships. And it's just not working out that way. I was talking to my heart coach about that. And I was talking to my spiritual uh, voice community. And we we're just talking about can those in, can those who are invested in therapy have do intimacy with people who are not invested in therapy? And in order to do that, you have to really uncover um, what what do you get out of therapy? So if you go to therapy in a crisis, that's that. Well, not, I'm not talking about that kind of therapy work. But if you do therapy work where you're really just interested in being a better person, being healthy, developing skills, strengthening, you know, your communication, strengthening your strengthening your ability to meet in the middle. I think I talked about this already. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'm on repeat. I apologize if I am. These reflections are starting to blend together because I'm kicking out a lot of them. So just bear with me. But if you are committed to being a better person, therapy is a good way to do that. How do, and that's an investment. It's an investment of time. It's an investment of energy and it's an investment of money. How do you make that investment and then go in the world and go in the world and interact with other people who are not making that investment? People who are not aware of themselves, people who do not have communication skills, people who don't have um, inner management, like they can't um, manage their emotions. They can't. And they, and it's just gross to me. I have very little interest in, 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 and engaging in those people. I don't want to indulge them, let alone just be in relationship with them. So that's the question that's come up in, in my spiritual community that I'm in. Um, is how do you, are you willing to do relationships with people who aren't making the investment in being a better person in the way that you are now? Is that the only way to develop those skills? Absolutely not. And so I guess for me, I wouldn't be as limiting. Like you have to be in therapy, but you know, you have to be committed to growth. And there's no way that you can be committed to growth if you're not getting feedback. And it can't be select feedback. Like I'm only going to, you know, pay attention to the people who give me feedback who like me. Like feedback from people who are also committed to your growth. And um, I just don't know how it can happen. So if you do have some ideas, definitely let me know. I don't, I don't see it anyway. So, um, I, and so then when, so I've been spending a lot of time in relationship. We're doing, how do I say it? I've been doing, spending a lot of time investing in me, assuming that that investment would translate or roll over into relationships. And it's just not. And that's intriguing to me. As a matter of fact, I think it's worse. I think it, sometimes I make, think it makes it worse. I told my heart, I, I told my heart coach this yesterday and something I said to her some years ago and I said, I'm healing for a world that, that doesn't exist for me. I'm going to be all whole and healthy. In a world that created the fucking brokenness in the first place. Excuse my mouth. Sorry, y'all. I usually like to give you forewarning. <laughs> that just slipped out. <laughs> I think I have explicit on my podcast. So um, 
even though I don't curse a lot, just so when words like that fly out of my mouth, I'm covered. See, you've been warned. <laughs> but anyway. Healing and becoming whole in a world that created the fraction, the brokenness. It's really kind of oxymoronic. It's kind of like an oxymoron, if you will, or it's definitely a paradox, right? Because you have to then, in my mind, you have to go and then be in a different world. And one of the things that I sorry about that guy, a little distracted on something. One of the things that I'm like challenging myself is or being honest is that maybe, and this is coming to me right now, maybe I'm investing so much energy into the self that I don't have any energy left over to do anything else. Because what happens is that I don't put the energy into relationships outside of me growing, mainly because I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't even get what a, another person would need. Maybe I need to do some reading on that. And it's exhausting for me to think about it. And that's because I find people exhausting. I just find them exhausting. So, I don't know. I need to think about that. That if I wasn't putting the energy onto my own growth, would I have energy to put it into other people? And when I think about that, that's overwhelming to me because I find people to be exhausting. But maybe it's not putting my energy into people per se, but putting my energy into finding the right, the people that I wouldn't find as exhausting. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. I heard, I learned a new word this morning. I'm listening to this podcast because I needed to listen to something. My TV, not my TV because I don't have a TV, but my computer um, battery died. So I usually listen to some kind of rerun as I'm going to sleep and I, I didn't feel like plugging it up. So I was like, what can I listen to on a podcast? I didn't really feel like listening to any news. And I'm not talked about the revert, the Roe v. Wade reversal. I'm kind of just not wanting to deal with it because of some of the passive doorways in my mind that it opens up and I'm just not really ready to go there. But I am, you know, we are living in, in history right now. So there was something big and it would have been cool for me to do a reflection on that. But anyway, so I play this podcast. So I'm like, what can I listen to? I don't want to listen to any crime shows, <laughs> anything. So I ended up with this guy I found on YouTube and he has a podcast. He's a typologies into MBTI. And he just talks like I do, which is one of the things I find fascinating about his podcast. And he rambles like I do. I don't know if he would call it rambling, but he really does. And so I'm like, okay, get to the point. <laughs> like, oh my God, another side story. And then I thought to myself, that's exactly what you do on your podcast. So it's kind of funny. And anyway, so I listened to him and I 
It was uh, some episode about eight ways to love an INTJ. I can, I have yet to, I listened to it, I tried to play it twice. I've yet to point out the eight things. I'm wondering why he said eight things. So maybe at some point he summarizes it. At some point he, he counts them and I missed it. But anyway, he says a word for, he says something that I thought was absurd. But it made me go look up a word to, to make sure I knew what he was talking about. And the word is, I think it's, no, I forgot it. Silopsistic? Silopsistic. 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 I think it's S-O-L-O-P-I-S-T-I-C. I don't know. I'll have to write it down for you guys. Solipsistic. I think that's the word. And it's a, it means an extreme preoccupation with the self. So what he was talking about, and this is going to go into the point about pursuit, if I can ever get there. And he says, INTJ women need, they need you to let them pursue you. You cannot pursue an INTJ woman. You have to let them pursue you. <laughs> It's so shady. One of his arguments is that because we are we are silopsistic and entitled. Like, damn, that was an accusation. Like, whoa. If you guys know this cat, will you please take this reflection and, and tell him to fast forward to this part? So I was like, what? So I had to go look up the word. And at first I was going to go, that's not true. But now that I'm talking about like a lot of times that I'm investing into developing myself, healing myself, you know, pleasing myself um, in terms of establishing the kind of life that I want. So maybe that doesn't feel like an extreme preoccupation to me, but maybe somebody else who's not making that kind of investment, maybe it is an, it's a, it's an extreme preoccupation. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, you know, comparatively, right? Maybe that's how somebody else would see it. So, okay. All right, dude. But entitled? Come on now. But anyway, I'm going to have to come back to that. But, um, so anyway, I don't, so when you go from work to relationship down to play, I definitely don't have any energy to invest in play. And so what ends up happening for me is I'm taking the path of least resistance. And I just don't find play as something to invest in as intellectually stimulating enough for me. Because I usually invest in things that are intellectually intriguing, even the relationship part. You guys know I study personality theory. I study uh, trauma. I study human growth and development that's what i do for a living right so intellectually it's intriguing to me it's intriguing there's nothing intellectually intriguing about play and so i've been constructing that in my mind and so as a result i don't make the investment in it and as a result i when i seek to play i take the path of least resistance and i'm not playing the way i really that's really play for me. So as I wrap up this component, let me 
tell you because I don't know if I had this information yesterday. So I'm talking about play. I talked about play with my heart coach yesterday. I talked about play with you guys. I talked about play in my spiritual community. And the lady in the group, she she challenged me. Well, first she said, how do you play? Because we were talking about the racial implications of play. Now, this is a smart group I'm in. So, like, I love it. Now, see, that's fun for me. So we're talking about the political nature of play, the racial implications of play. And so she's being a white woman um, and, and ESTJ. And then um, I'm really fascinated by that ESTJ, but we'll come back to that. She, anyway, forget the, forget the typology. She asked me, how do I, how do I play? And I was like, she asked me to, sorry about that. She asked me, what is play? And then she asked me, how do I play? And, and I it just made me pause because I think anybody else asking that question, I would have had a, an immediate response. But because I, this is such a smart community that I'm in and we're thinking deeply about our conversations and our word choices, it just made me pause and, and, and I paused. And I was like, well, what is it? And I had to look it up. I looked up several different definitions. And again, if this is on repeat, I apologize. But let me say what I discovered and when I looked up play, it is self-directed, intrinsically motivated, which is kind of connected to self-directedness, but the absence of, I keep wanting to say the absence of rules, but that's not true. That's not true. It. Maybe it's a different set of rules than in, in you have work. Another thing it said about play is that it's process oriented and not outcomes oriented. And I'm not sure if I 100% agree with that. So like if I'm going to play a game of kickball, the outcome is to win. Now maybe that's a, maybe that's how, maybe that's just the way I do play. Now, I'm not going to be bent out of shape. Well, it will be a little bit, but if I play a game of kickball and I lose, I'm tr I'm sorry, something just happened in my head. Um, I'm thinking about my niece who's 22 now and She's got two friends that I have not had the best chemistry with. And one, it just popped up in my head. One was about five years ago. We were playing, no, yeah, we were playing a game of kickball or mm -hmm. dodgeball or we were playing some kind of game. And, uh, and the rules of the game, there were rules and Maybe as an INTJ, I would be more focused on rules of the of a game than another type. I don't know, but for me, it's not fun if there's no. It's not fun if it's chaotic. So how do you keep something from being chaotic? You have some kind of order structure to it. So I don't know. Maybe 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 that's a reflection. 
if you're in the typology community, does play differ based on your personality type? Like how you would define play? That's interesting. Well, anyway, coming back to the yesterday's conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, there's something happening on my phone. So while I can turn off, hold on a second. I just learned how to turn off a notification. So apparently when I shut off the internet to my phone, it doesn't shut off the apps. So I have to turn off the indicator to that. And I was like, is this going to let me turn off in the middle of recording? And I did it. Yay. I got a new phone, by the way. So some of you might be like, why do you not know that? So anyway, it's not brand new. I've had it for a few months, but I don't make the investment into studying this phone, right? We talk about the investment of energy. So, um, so it, outside of it, as outside of me throwing in typology to complicate this notion of play, let's just go back to the definition. It's self-directed. It is intrinsically motivated. It's process oriented. Oh, it's imaginative. It's imaginative. And I kind of want to say carefree. I don't know if that came from my reading. But that kind of comes, I think that goes back to this idea of it being free from rules. But then I think it's just a different form of, of rules. And you know what, you guys, I think I'm going to spend some more time. I might have to do an essay on this because... I really think that play, how we do play is influenced by our personality type. Because I'm thinking about all the ways, one of the things that might be holding me back from play is my own damn personality. Because I cannot see myself playing. Like I think about when I've had it, you know, we play board games and people don't want to follow the rules. (laughs) I don't like it. When they don't want to follow the rules of the game, when I play, I, one of the reasons why I don't like, I, I don't play uh, recreational volleyball with people because they don't follow the rules. That's interesting. That is interesting. I have to look that up, but you guys, if you have any content out there in the world that you know about play and personality type, will you send it to me? And if you've never considered that and you're a content generator and now you go off and you create the content, you need, you know, and you, you were, you got the idea from this reflection. You know, I am a TE. You should give credit. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, so it's just making me think about play a little more and me investing in, in that. And I guess as I, I'm like, what if I would just shut off? What if I just took a period of time and I shut off my energy towards growth and put the, that energy into play? It's scary for me because I don't know if I would be able to do it, but at least I can consider it. I'm going to consider it because I do need play in my life. And I'm, and I think a big, portion of what I said yesterday about why I don't have play is still valid because I'm interacting with people where there's it's more about competition than it is about 
leisure. And maybe it's more about growth than it's about leisure. But then that takes me back to the politics of play and the racial implications in the conversation I had in my, I guess it did not work. I guess it didn't work. I guess the indicator didn't go off or maybe it would. Mm. Oh, those are two separate. Okay. So I didn't turn off the app. I turned off a particular conversation. That's interesting. So it, I'm in these voice communities and I guess each separate conversation would need to be deactivated or silenced. Okay. Anyway, people. Um, so this idea of who can play, that's what we're talking about in my, in the spiritual voice community. That's probably what they're talking about now. I keep getting the notifications. I bet you all of this does work. I bet you it all comes together. The political implications of play, the racial implications of play, the personality implications of play. This is interesting. Huh. Well, there's that. I don't have anything else to say about that other than I need to invest more time. I'm, I need to consider investing more time into the play part of my existence because I do want it. And if I don't invest the time and I keep taking the path of least resistance, I'm going to be unsatisfied there. And this is really an interesting consideration. Instead of putting all my energy into work and then relationships, like what would happen if I would invest that energy in play? Would it have a a measurable impact on my quality of life? I don't know. All right, I'm done with that part. What did I say? Play, pursuit, and passion. Okay, let's go into pursuit. And pursuit was me talking. Why I wanted to talk about pursuit was because of this guy on this podcast. Who said INTJ women are, what was the word? Solipsistic? Solipsistic and entitled. (laughs) And he said in this episode that he, that when he sees an INTJ woman, he can't pursue her because she doesn't want to be pursued. Because she, you've, when you pursue her, you violate her space. And she doesn't want her, so you don't, you don't want to violate her space. You can't pursue her. So what he says he does is he makes himself so desirable that it catches her attention like, ooh, he creates his demand. <laughs> this sounds ridiculous. It's all get out to me. He, <laughs> he creates his demand, right? He creates his demand. So that she could see, ooh, other people want him. And if other people want it, that is not what an INTJ woman would do. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I don't think an INTJ woman would be interested, oh, oh, if other people want this person, then I should want them. That's the exact opposite of being an individual. Like, it, INTJs are individualistic. No, 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 no. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is funny. And then entitled, entitled to what? I didn't get that part. What are we entitled to? 
Our time and our space? Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I've been accused of that. And so. Anyway. This is funny. And I think about my mom right now because she accused me of not being selfish with my time. But my sister has never accused me of being selfish with my time. So is it that I'm selfish with my time or is it that I'm guarded in how I want to use my time? I'm guarded. I'm protective. So my mom would never want to like schedule things. And every once in a while you can't, you can't schedule everything, but she wouldn't want to schedule anything. And, and then she wanted to be, she wanted to have her needs met whenever she had a desire when she, when she wanted it. No regard for what I needed. And this is what I'm saying about people being able to meet in the middle. I think when you're in my perfect world, you meet somebody who wants to be a little more spontaneous with time and you want to have a relationship with them, then you learn to give a little bit. I don't have a problem with that. But what my mom told me is that she doesn't negotiate. And, and this is not to throw my mother under the bus. I've had a number of people who told me they don't negotiate. And it's taken me some time to understand that. And what they feel is that when you negotiate, because when you negotiate, you give up a little. You give up to gain. They don't, some people don't want to give up anything. They see it as a loss. So they're not going to meet in the middle. It's all or nothing. It's, it's, um, some total, another word, fixed. Dualistic. Anyway, it's all or nothing. And that just doesn't work for me. So, um, so yeah, I can see the idea of time being an issue, um, in space. But this idea of pursuit. Now, I do know an INTJ woman who said that she does pursue men, not, it's because of the kind of man, the kind of man she's interested in doesn't pursue, would never pursue her, would be kind of like intimidated by her. And I guess, is that what this dude is talking about? And so then she goes and she does pursue it. I tried that one time. And let me tell you, maybe more than once, but one time that I could say I conscious. Let me tell you why I don't like that idea of pursuit. Because now the burden is on me. That's work. And I don't want to put my energy into that, right? I don't want to put my energy into that because I want to put my energy in other things. This whole thing about energy and investment of energy is interesting. I sound like an INTJ5, don't I? Or do I? Because I think this chick is an INTJ5. It's just not what I want to put my energy into. And then you do the pursuit. Then do you pursue? Do you do that initial pursuit? Or does that person, because that person is so insecure, excuse me, intimidated did you catch that Freudian slip because is intimidation connected to insecurity I'm not interested in that I am not interested in in, in that is unattractive to me to be with somebody who's insecure and intimidated oh my gosh but I've learned about covert yeah and, and maybe I'm saying that now because I think I did I, I think my ex of 10 years was um, insecure. 
And that has gross consequences. Mega consequences. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I don't, and you have to be careful too for people who have these insecurities and then they mask those insecurities by being um, hyper-confident, um, arrogant. At the end of the day, at the root is still an insecurity. So you have to really be careful when you're dealing with somebody who comes off as hyper-confident because they're still struggling with insecurities. It's just mask. It's a mask insecurity. So anyway. But no, I'm not interested in in doing that pursuit because I would have to maintain the pursuit. Mm-mm. And I found, I realized as I, I contemplated this over the last year, maybe a year ago I was thinking about this. I talked about it in the podcast. I have no idea what episode it was though. But I like being pursued. That's sexy to me. It's sexy to me. So if if space is a thing, if time is a thing for me, then you just got to pursue me and be respectful of my my relationship to space and time. Get be smart about it. Um I'm not saying that's right because you know, I'm also trying to think about relationships and stuff. But I don't know, it just makes me I don't really want to do the pursuing because I don't want to have to carry that as a burden. I'm going to have to, I wouldn't have to carry that and make that investment continuously because there are other things I want to invest my time and energy into. So no, no. So that's all I wanted to say about pursuit. And then the last one is passion. And, um, and I think all of this is really coming together neatly. Because I think about what is it, what excites me. And so I was thinking about this um, lady in the, in the spiritual group as an ESTJ. And she's really, I find myself being um, ignited by her because she's confident. She's smart. She's direct. She's driven. I love all of that. And no, I'm not like romantically turned on or. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Although I've been in spaces where I've had that energy and I'm like, oh, that's so good. But no, <laughs> so I don't want you to think make me, uh, think I'm drawing that parallel. Um, and she's married, by the way. But um, anyway, that, that's, I don't even know why that matters. Anyway, that's going to open up a whole can of worms. But <laughs> anyway, but the guy in the group, I find myself stimulated by him as well but for a different reason although he said he's an ESTJ as well but he has more intuition and intuitive energy about him than a sensing energy but he says that a lot of that has come from trying to spending you know trying to blend he you know usually you hear blending being something discussed by intuitives not by sensors I'm like that's interesting so he was just saying that he is a censor, but, and, and he made a good case that because he upholds, he upholds a lot of traditions. I don't know, but she definitely has more censor energy than he does, but I enjoy both of them. I really do. But, um, I bring that up because, um, I, re- I told her yesterday or two days ago, I was like, I'm so excited 
by your energy, by her confidence. Like I, it's, it's uh, stimulating to me because, and really, because then I can come forward and be my best self. So one of the things I've learned about myself that I don't like, like as a competitor and I don't usually consider myself as a competitor, but let me tell you two times when I give myself permission to compete. Volleyball and then karaoke, because I've done competitive karaoke. That is a thing, by the way. And um, which I should look into. My my half-sister called me last night. There's some drama. More family drama. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That's going to be a separate... Oh, excuse me, a separate reflection, but she called me last night checking on, checking on me because of this family drama stuff that's happening. And, uh, it's so funny because she's trying to do that protector thing and I'm a protector. You can't protect me. I'm the protector. And so, ugh, I don't like that. But anyway, that's what she's trying to do. So she called to, to, to look at me. She's like, do, do I need to come over there? <laughs> do I need to come over there and protect you? <laughs> I was like, no, no, I got it. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. That's a whole separate conversation. But anyway, but one of the things that she said, because we were talking about, I was, you know, she was asking me about going somewhere to do karaoke. And I was like, I really just want to go out and do country karaoke. And she's like, we should go find a small town, like some kind of small town. And, you know, they do nothing but karaoke, uh, country bars and, and, and that would be a nice little short road trip. I was like, in the overnight. I was like, that's exactly what I've been wanting to do. So, yeah, that would be fun. But anyway, um, so what I know about myself as a competitor is that I will respond to my com- my competition. And I don't think that that makes me the best competitor, to be honest with you. Because I read somewhere that the best competitor competes with himself. Now, I compete with myself as it relates to my work. And so I guess that's what makes me the best competitor there. But I don't compete with myself as it relates to karaoke or volleyball. I I don't. I compete to the room. So when I'm on a team, if that team is doing all kind of foul playing, like I find myself playing at that level, even when I tell myself not to do it. And then when I'm on a team where they, the players are kick-ass, it takes my my game all the way to the next level. And so I'm, I find that with karaoke. So one day when my sister came to town, and my sister is a real singer, singer, not a karaoke singer, She, um, we went to do karaoke. And then there was another lady who is a gospel singer. She was in the room. And it was just these good singers, these like powerhouse singers. And I sang, you know, I was like, I'm bringing my A game. <laughs> and the, the DJ or the KJ was like, I've never heard you sing like that. You're doing really good tonight. So I, I don't, I'm not proud of that. Like, that's interesting. I don't, yeah, I, 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 I compete to the level of the room. And it, it, that's interesting. I don't do that when it comes to my, my, um, my dominant self. In terms of my work. Whew. And I'm slowly. Uh, my my heart coach said to me. She could see that my energy. I'm like slowly kind of. Being restored. From that job. 
I actually am thinking about for the first time yesterday, it hit me, just resign. And even though I said I don't want to resign without another job, like, I'm not saying I will do it, but I think that that thought can only come through as I start getting back into my mojo for me. Because in, in my mojo for me is like, we'll resign and we'll go get another one. And so I'm excited. I'm not going to resign, but I am excited to see me bouncing back because that job it was it was it it was dragging me it was dragging me but anyway um I don't even know how I went into that rabbit hole in competition I'm gonna go over a little over an hour but I am gonna try to start closing um I think I was just talking about being stimulated and being able to step forward and be my best self when I'm around other strong people. And that's something when I think about pursuit and I think about play and relationships, I really am going to have to invest in finding the people that I want to be around because I, I'm a confident person and, but I, the protective part of me, I don't like to overpower people. I don't like to, I don't, I know that doesn't sound like an eight part of me, but it's like this. It's, I do think, I think it's about being a protector. I don't want to power over people. I really don't. So just being around other strong people, confident, but morally strong, right? Because you can be strong and then inconsiderate. You can be strong and harmful to people. You can be harmful to someone else, and that's not moral. So I'm talking about a moral strength and ethical strength, and finding those people is something I need to do. And it makes me, what I was going to say is, going to find more censored people because I have found myself very much attracted to censors. Like, I just love their connection to the earth, to the physical world, because I don't have it. So that's attractive to me because it offers it offers some novelty that I don't have. Right. And so I think maybe, yeah, it's, maybe dropping down into that um my inferior function extroverted sensing is playful for me it's it's i don't know it's it, it gives me an experience it's pleasurable it's playful it's enjoyable i don't know but i have found sensors to be um i've enjoyed like the two sensors that i lost my like a, went head over heels for the two people, the last two people I dated, one was 10 years, one was a year. They were both censors. One was an extroverted censor. The other one was an introverted censor. I wrote a poem about it. I talked about it. <laughs> um, it was, um, and I enjoyed that. It's because they brought something to me that I don't bring to myself I'm, as an intuitive. So... When I think about passion, I think about passion as it relates to extroverted sensing. I really do. But now I'm thinking about passion 
as it relates to somebody in, in terms of competitiveness. I don't even know if I want to say that. Nope. 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 Mm-mm. No, not at all. Confidence, though. Moral confidence, moral moral strength, ethical confidence, and ethical strength. I'm gonna play play with those two words. Moral, the morality of a thing, but the ethics of a thing. We'll see. But you guys, this was an, a surprisingly pleasing reflection for me because I dropped into something I don't give a lot of en- en- uh, energy to. Play, pursuit, and passion. And if I think about quality of life as I have this extended time and I'm not worried about finances right now or work, I can drop and think about things that I don't normally process. And if I want to really have the quality of life that I want, I'm going to have to do better in these areas that I don't give attention to. So watch this space. Let's see what happens. I'm going to Really try to hold myself accountable, write something, some of this stuff down and spend some more time meditating on it. But I thank you for letting me be here to, excuse me, thank you for being here and and giving me a space to do this. I want to do an anniversary reflection and this would be one of those things. This was really, really good for me. So thank you. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about pursuit play and passion if any of this relates to a conversation you've had in the world please take this link and share it out if you know that dude that was talking about INTJ women being solipsistic solipsistic entitled I gotta go look at that word probably Jack I'm probably butchering that word but anyway you connected to him let him know that I talked about him, okay? I'm going to I'm gonna find a way to let him know myself. But if you get to him faster, feel free to do that. <laughs> um, but if you, like I said, if you've had this conversation in the world, please take this link and share it out. If my conversation or moving about has caused some randomness in you, please share that randomness with me. When you share with me, let me know. Give me, give me context and randomness, please. And um, you can find me on my website, on my Twitter page, my YouTube page, and my Facebook page. And I'm not going to say it because I am being listened to. But here's what you can go on my website, on the podcast profile. It lists my website. I'm so sorry. I'm going to come back and talk about a patterns reflection, okay? Let me give you your assignment. I think I spent most of this episode or reflection talking about energy. How I give my energy to play pursuit and passion and um, I talked about the existential stack as it relates to work relationship and play but all of that I think does connect to energy I want to give want to focus the assignment on energy you guys where do you put most of your energy and if you and if you had to read constitute or repurpose that energy how would that have a measurable impact or change in your life where do you put your energy and if you thought about repurposing that energy what measurable change would that have in your life 
You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.